60 of Tactical Crouch is a kick tripod here and back for episode 160. Like I just had said, That's like home. literally, yeah, little things. You guys did great last week, though. You got the milk and the cigarettes, the bread. No, 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 no. keto. I'm from California. We don't, oh, we don't bad. do bread anymore. Quinoa. We do. We do. Are we gonna make avocado toast? We do chaffles. What? Chaffles and their chaffles. Chaffles are actually amazing. Yeah, but what are uh, they? Though? In the in the words of Oprah, I love bread. And <laughs> if that's what Oprah's like remembered for, is like handing out cars, I think that's a great life. I love bread, and you go, get a car. go ahead and Google "I love bread," Oprah. I promise you, it's there. Anyway, oh, I, I believe you. I love bread. Uh, and, and if you ever have done a keto diet, which I don't really do, but I try to limit my carbs. Um, if you've ever done a keto diet, it means that you can't have carbs. So you really can't have bread, um, and basically any other foods that give you joy, except for, um, True. you can have like sh- sugar and fat. Um, you, lots can, have of, you can have lots of fat. I, like, well, like the sugar, you can have the non-carb sugar type replacement huh. stuff. Um, but you can, you can't have carbs. Yeah. So anyways, a, a chaffle is where you make bread mm-hmm. out of cheese. Oh, uh, so it's like a cheese waffle. And so what, we, what you do is you take the, you create the mix and you put it in a waffle maker and it's called a chaffle. Uh-huh. And then you just like yeah. put like bacon, eggs, sausage. It feels like something that should like go on the, the midnight menu at KFC. And, mm. you know, like whatever, what did they do? Like it was like. Um, bacon, chicken, cheese between two hash brown loaves. Do you remember what they did? <laughs> that they, sounds they, like KFC. I remember their like chicken patty sandwich where it's just like chicken patties is like the bun and then like something in the middle or maybe that was the hash brown thing. I'm not sure. It just kind of sounds like the Valiant of uh, fast food. Did you just bring up the Valiant on purpose? Uh, I mean, was that maybe. intentional? I think so. Wow. All right. You know what? We're going to skip the formalities here. There's one formality we're going to do. Actually, okay. there's one because I do need to thank our patron producers. Refine Bean, sure. Ferdino Pin, Battlecrab Lotion, Rex Zane, Audio Compass, Kasha 67, Sharp, Picasso, Nathan, Your Misery, Hunter Tain, Fabled Steven, Roger B, Owen, Chris, our 344444, Orbjorn, listen to this podcast, we'll on the toilet in the shower, thank you, Yiska, Peace Camper, Anxiety Pokemon, Sir Grithalot, Bronzebot, Boohow, Evan, and Alex S. Uh, thank you so much for supporting the show. If you want to support the show, there's two ways you can do it. Three ways you can do it. Uh, Patreon.com slash Tactical Crouch. We also record live on YouTube. YouTube.com slash Tactical Crouch. We post the shows here. We record them here. Uh, we do it all here. It's been pretty good. We've actually really liked, I think, I personally have liked streaming on YouTube. It's been a little clunky, clunky learning the tools, but we've liked it. We have memberships set up now. We have multiple members, including the $10 a month significant Croucher membership. Uh, which we have quite a few. Uh, you can go to um, youtube.com slash tactical crouch and there's a join button there if you're interested. And like as little as $2 a month, it's great. 
uh, if you want to support uh, the podcast. And we crossed 4,000 subs on YouTube, so thanks for doing that. All right, the LA Valiant. So <laughs> you guys... Straight into it. You guys talked about the LA Valiant a little bit last week. A little bit. But not, oh, yeah. they could, but not could when do. I was here. No. Feel free. So we're going to... We're gonna, Fire just in away. case nobody, like, if they're like, I only listen when kick tripods on the show. So for both of you, mom, Katie, um, for those of you who are still following up. Hi, mom. Hi, Katie. Uh, the LA Valiant essentially have uprooted their organization, moved it to the Asia region, uh, pretty, pretty positively China, have let go most of their staff most of their players and have done so in a way that would make, um, what's a, what's a good way to say this. They've done so in a way, uh, that would make bullies who poop on sidewalks. Like, 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 you know, the, the people, you know, the people who let their dogs poop on sidewalks, they make them look like good guys. Uh, yeah. that's, that's about the amount of, um, the, the amount of, I think, respect and, um, intention that they put around this whole move thing. And it pisses me off. And I was so upset when I saw it. Um, so anyways, Valiant have moved. They're going, I'm pissed about it. Unceremoniously. I, I had I had a few people. There was a Reddit comment, and I had a few tweets, or just like you know, are the Valiants below the Toronto Defiant now for you? Like, do they do they finish at the bottom? And I hope that the Valiants have such an awful season that they don't even qualify. They like drop out a quarter of the way out. They don't even go. There'd be an asterisk next to their name, and they um. They we 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 don't even talk about the 2021 Valiant because they didn't even participate. At this point, do you feel like is it like maybe I'm reading too much into it? But is like the messaging just like a passing of the torch? Like, okay, this is your problem now. Like, you rebrand it, whatever, do what you want with it. Like, is there a little bit more to read into it other than just like poor messaging? Literally, like like you said before the show, we were kind of talking about it, just radio silence for like months and then just like, oh, got to go. Like, is there more to kind of read into that? You think what would that be? A possible like hastily built rebrand, like a complete like operations handoff to like somebody else. That's like I, you know, their pay grade now, like this is your problem to to handle. Like, is there. Any meat and potatoes to so, it? So, I mean, I think that there's there's a few, like, there's a few levels of, like, this could go, right? So, we had the prevailing <laughs> Schmelo of Schmatz opinion um, leak that was the, the whole franchise has been sold to China. Mm -hmm. uh, it's under Chinese ownership and um, you have, right. I, I think, a more medium approach, which is uh, Valiant ownership is staying there, but they're transferring management rights uh, to a team that can actually manage a team in China, which mm -hmm. they are not equipped to do. Makes sense. Um, and then you have just the whole, like, the uh, Immortals Gaming Group. Is, is that what it is? What's it? Immortals Gaming? What? Gaming Club? Club. IGC. No, IGC. Immortals Gaming yeah. Club which are you 12 
Uh, Immortals Gaming Club um, is sorry. Got to get in that so, traditional to sports. All the, it's to like all a, the it's Euro, like to all the European club. soccer club fans who are like, what we all we call all of our like teams clubs. Oh, minor minor quick rant. Apparently, okay. like NA soccer, like we have a battle between like calling it soccer clubs and football clubs here. I guess. I don't know. Thought I saw that recently. I'm like, there's like a team called like you know like the Miami again, just throwing it out there, like Miami Soccer Club, and then there's just like a, a football club, which is like. Wouldn't we just? Who? I don't know. Some MLS team. Some no, like North. Who American. cares? Oh yeah, true. Ah, <laughs> got him! Yay! We got Joe. Get. Yeah. All right. Anyways. Um. So. Anyways, Immortals Gaming Club. Uh, just like totally cut off the NA's. Uh the means of NA production and have moved that all over to Asia and basically, you know, just, just give a big old f all to everybody else. I find that one the least likely. I think the second one is the most likely. Um, and then in that case, I think it's just very much messaging, very much professional courtesy, very much not being human beings. And, mm. um, if they lacked the foresight or understanding to know that um, they may not be a human being and they're just totally incompetent and not um, like not qualified not for to, their jobs. Yeah. If it wasn't and they knew exactly what they're doing, well then yeah, you're a human being and I hope that you hear this and you can, yeah. I don't know, you can call me on discord and then I will uh, 1v1 you, but you will have to play in Asia on Ooh. NA ping. What game, though? Any game. Like once like you're on, once you're on Asia time. ping and I'm on NA ping and we're, we're, we're based in NA. 1v1 me on Fortnite, baby. I can take, I can take them in anything. <laughs> Look, like, <clears throat> you guys know I'm a bit of a fan of the uh, Valiant storyline. And I'm definitely a of fan of packing and... Yeah, the team that he builds and the players that went through th thick and thin heavily uh, over, uh, performed above their means. Um, but the outrage and the level of it doesn't match the certainty of facts we have, in my opinion. Which is unfortunate and is exactly the reason why how it was put out wasn't great. Because it is this, okay. Let's look at the the timelines, right? We very much knew that, like, no immortals player, sorry, valiant player, can tell me that they are, they didn't know that there was a possibility that that franchise was going to be sold. That was publicly available knowledge, I think, reported by Bloomberg. But going yep. like they were going to attempt to sell this the roster. They were, it was on the table for sure. That that was a report sometime in October, I think, by Bloomberg News. That they I'm going to say it was November, but again, just to... Yeah, it might have been November, right? So, I think you got to calculate with the risk that you're playing for a roster that isn't uh, going to be owned by the same group. Now, of course, even if you believe that to a certain percentage, the likelihood of you all losing your job is very unlikely, of course. Yeah. I also... Don't know if we know that they knew for a while. If that makes sense. 
I don't think they knew for a while. I think it was pretty last minute from from the how the messaging. Oh was. yeah, probably, hundred percent. I don't. So, I don't think the like, the business deal was done until, like you said, last minute, so that like the players won't know. They probably didn't. I would wager that they probably didn't know that talks were getting or progressing as fast as they were or as slow as they were. Like, I don't think they had information to be, you know, they didn't work. They weren't privy to that information. I would imagine again, speaking at us. And, and let me, let me tell you right now, like I'm not defending this orc as a, as a whole. And there's definitely stuff that I also haven't said the last word on. I can tell you this much. Sure. But sounds like you're defending him though. Well, I don't I'm think he's defending, defending the, the information that is currently available and the um, the actual issue that or the thing that t- people take issue with. I think there is a real chance that this org at the organizational level was just incompetent in building all of their assets out. The first major mistake being the acquisition of Infinite with Optic and um, uh the outlaws, everything in that regard. Um, and that this situation currently is a, is rather than a terrible decision is a triage move. Is it triage? Is that how you pronounce yeah. it? Mm-hmm. Tri- triage move that I don't know, it's French. I don't pay attention to it. <laughs> Theoretically, right? I'm not saying <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, yeah. that I, I have the behind the scenes information because I definitely hold insights into the IGC uh, uh, money back. But mm. there's, a, there's a point of view where if we had that information, we could all be sitting here and say, it sucks, but at least we're saving the jobs of the esports players and all these other games. And I'm not saying that from any type of background juice and there's definitely plenty of stuff going wrong to get to that point that is most definitely about incompetence Mm -hmm. but there there is a world where that particular move is just an unfortunate one oh for sure and and again i don't think people are upset at the move it's just everything adjacent and neighboring esports also maybe you Sorry, esports Sorry. is volatile, and we know we know this, and we've 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 talked mm-hmm. about it. Most of us have lived through it in multiple different esports. I don't think any of us here, and I don't think any player either, is under the the misunderstanding that their jobs are always secure, and that whatever else, even that they would get m- as much courtesy as they would in a stable profession. Mm-hmm. But you expect some. You expect yeah. some. You expect at least transparency. All you have to do is say, hey, you know what? We actually are not very like confident in what we're doing right now. I've had to say yeah. it before. Like we we don't like to, to make it easier. We don't know what we're doing right now, but here is what is happening. I want to have this on your radar. I want you to be a successful human being. I want you to continue to grow in esports or in Overwatch esports. It's a very mm-hmm. easy and a yes. very um professional and I think mature conversation to have sure. when you don't know. And when you aren't willing to have that conversation, it means that you're beyond level of incompetence or you're unwilling to f- to admit that you messed up 
and mm-hmm. you're just trying to yes. sweep it under the rug, hope it doesn't have you know a <laughs> bad a bad press day, and that is kind of why I want to harp on it more. Yeah. The problem is it, that it's not like this in the corporate America anymore. You cannot just admit guilt. You're running into lawsuits left and right. It, in, a, in an ethically working environment, yes, that's how it should be dealt. Not in one where you have investors and shareholders and whatnot. It's sadly not the way you do it. Like, I could even see how the, the how there's some legal technicality about the reply of uh, IGC to... Um, to Halo saying like this rumor is false because like what if your shareholder says wait you sold this doesn't that mean you get some millions back that type of stuff right and to just like uh, drown that out so like I it, maybe also the game just sucks I will say that, I like there's no way there's no, okay I know for a fact nothing and not everything has um, morally and ethically worked out there and there are some people that will hear it, but I think we would do better to yes. chill out until we have the, the full facts. No! Yiska, <laughs> are you familiar with at-will employment? Have you, is yes. that a term that you're... Yes. I don't know um, what the terms of employment are at Immortals or LA mm-hmm. Valiant, but... Mm-hmm. Lots of companies, especially in California, Colorado, a few others um, that are at will employment states, legally don't have to give you any notice or really do right. Right. do f- all. So, right. the fact that there's like there's there's a very real instance in which there's no legal ramifications for anything they do personnel wise. I'm, but what, do, what, like, how do you think, like, let's say this deal was made, like, the fu- finality of that deal was made, I don't know, maybe a week before it became public at worst. Uh huh. Is Does that change anything to you? Because to me, it doesn't matter if, you, or, as soon as you sign it, from how like, you communicate it from a legal ramification standpoint. No, what I mean is, does it change anything ethically? Like, you're you're the business owner, right? Okay. You're trying to make a deal. Yep. That is crucial to be made for your business. Th- uh-huh. Theoretically, once again, no juice. I'm like, once again, like people behind the scenes might be watching this and saying, no, it's not like this at all. And these theoretically, be Mr. Joseph Valiant, owner of the Valiant, right. hello, is is going to is trying to to make a sell a sale. He's trying to yes. sell the LA Valiant. Yeah, and maybe a sell is possible, uh-huh. but something some other deal is, and you gotta you gotta show that your income streams, for instance, that maybe that's the deal, right? Like maybe you gotta show people that you can make money, and it's. Okay. But by the way, I totally believe that this is financially feasible, more so than uh, the LA Valiant for, given the number of viewership, like the viewership size, the fan favorites are still outside for uh, Chinese uh, viewers, the volume of Chinese viewers, possibly like what kind of sponsorship dollars are coming in, possibly what kind of um, local... um, You think it may be a smart business move for the LA Valley to move to China? Maybe, yeah. It may be. Sure. No disagreements. Mm Mm-hmm. that's, That's my entire argument, by the way. I'm not talking about probabilities, 
I, I actually think it's rather rather likely that how we are all interpreting this and what's giving us this emotional response is the more likely thing. But I, f I feel like it feels so weird that we're jumping the gun on this because of course, yes, like emotions are running high because we see people that we love and learn to love just like get kicked to the curb. But I feel I like we don't have nearly enough information about uh, what's going on to say like, it's like sometimes you gotta like if you're a ruler, sometimes you gotta let some people. So there, there go. is a flip side because generally, Yiska, and I think on the show over 160 episodes, we've done a good job at like staying away from like conjecture and and things that would right. really um, potentially hurt other people yes. if we were to be wrong on. Um, yes. And A, I don't necessarily know that this is one of those instances. Right. Number two, uh, we are not so ignorant as to know that there is also kind of waiting out the clock. And so if, if you're the LA Valiant and let's say everything is as devious as, our, as, as um, right. we're, we're speculating and, and it's all that devious, the number one ally you have is time. How do you talk about the LA Valiant in March or April when the league is starting up again? You've got that brand new stuff. How do you hold them accountable? How do you how do you make sure that those stories? So uh, there there has to be a level of I don't know, guys. Like I can't imagine uh, a, the situation being differently. We need to talk about it. We need to talk about the implications of it. Mm. We're not necessarily, I'm not going and saying, hey, Philip Valiant or whatever, Joe Valiant, whatever his name was. I forgot what, whatever we named the, we, we never said like, that guy should lose his job and shouldn't be able to adopt a dog. Like, we're not necessarily calling for that, but we, we are calling for more than anything else through this entire thing is professional transparency with your team your organization, and your players. That's the it. The best of your ability. And yes. that is what, yeah. that's what they f***ed up. Yep. They, didn't, they, didn't, they didn't mess up selling. They didn't mess up wanting to try a different market. Business is business, and I get that, and it sucks, and it's a tough thing, and yep. there's players who mm -hmm. aren't going to find jobs in Overwatch League because the LA Valiant aren't there. There are talented uh, marketing and PR people and coaching and player managers and translators who aren't going to have jobs in Overwatch League this year um, because of this move. And that sucks too. And we obviously don't want that to happen. But there also is the aspect of that is part of just working. Mm -hmm. But you should know about it as soon as possible. You should have a transparent converse, a transparent conversation about it as soon yes. as possible. You yep. should do whatever you have, uh, whatever you are able to within your means to ease that transition. And the people who are, you know, org yep. level and above are not the people making forty five thousand dollars a year in L.A. on a social media manager uh, salary. Yeah, they're not. They're making. High six figures, at least. There's, there's. It's not like people aren't being um, well compensated for trying to create 
these different organizations and trying to run them at the very top. So from that perspective, it is completely unacceptable to me to see a dozen or more people left out on the street well after the bell has rung for, you know, organizations looking to make pickups and hires. It's a challenging, it, it's, it's, it's a challenging piece. And I think that that is where, you know, it, it would have to be a very interesting story in which case, like, well, I wasn't looking at selling the Valiant and I woke up on Monday and it was such a good deal. I had to sell immediately and I didn't know until Tuesday. And then I told everyone if that happens, Philip Valiant, I am sorry. But assuming that you are shopping it around, I get it. You're not going to talk about those preliminary conversations, testing the waters, whatever. But as soon as documents are starting to be drawn up, conversations are starting to be had, you start to have those conversations. Because number there's there's a, I mean, there's so many reasons to do it. Number one, how are you going to transition your fan base? What are you going to do with your, your LA Valiant fans? Do you just expect them to follow you to China with that kind of messaging? Hell no. You just gave them all to the gladiators, which gladiators. I love you so much, but let's talk about that. We aren't going anywhere. Tweet. That was awful. Don't yeah. do that again. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. So, so how do you, how do you transition that organization there? How do you um, not make the overwatch league look like it's run by balloon animals? True. Um, not the, the league itself, but like the people who are running the franchise. I mean, yeah, you do league. represent it. Yeah. You know, you got this one guy over here who just sold his stuff, let go of his staff and be like, yeah, we spent $20 million on this. Come on. I agree. But I think there's still situations where while possibly not maximally informed, this was so last minute that people found out as... That's theoretically, theoretically the case. I mean, That's sure, that very well could be the case. I still think you can handle it with a lot more grace and a lot more. Like, I mean, the social media crazy. stuff is completely out of pocket. Uh, how they wrap, wrap that up. But yeah, it is. And I that can't wasn't done by that any was... of the social or marketing team, as far as I know. Uh, yeah. I, I don't think anybody's not, yeah. sat in, you know, on the keys typing that out like just from their own. I, I I think that's just like a cut and copy and response that they've got from an executive that they have to post because that's their job, right? Like it's not their fault. Third party PR who's never worked in esports. Sure, and it's and I think that's where most of the gripes coming from. So like for the people who are like, oh, my favorite player isn't an all. I go to Yiska and I say that's that's the response that I'd give them. And for most other people, I, I side with John. I think it, the, the move isn't the problem. It's just everything else around it. The communication to literally just being transparent and being like, look, this is not what happened. Give some sort of response. And and create a roadmap to to say, look, like this is this is what's happening. This is why we're doing it for whatever reason. Again, I think people can draw their own assumptions with COVID and whatnot. But I think a little bit more than just, hey, look, here's some text on a uh, a fairly colored sheet of paper, and you know, shops yeah, closed. Boys, put a name gotta go. To it. Yeah, you should put a name to it. You should put a camera on it. You should like, there's, and again, like it's. Uh, 
it, it it's just so wrong from beginning to end yeah, that I can it, basically pick apart every single part of it. And any person who has any sort of experience in those fields should know that this is not how it's done. Which means that it was done by somebody who doesn't care. Yeah. And yep. it's just like, this is easy, this is quick, and f*** you, I got my 24 million, so I made 4 million on this, on this deal, <laughs> and, you know, I'm gonna go buy a new Lambo, or... I mean, again, like, they didn't sell, right, so... Right, right, right. Nobody made but money, like, right? But, like, you know, but... The, the, the feeling's still there. The, yeah. the feeling, the idea that I'm better off, whatever, this is just about me, I feel better, blah, 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 moving on. Which or, reflects itself in the fan base, right? Like, the, the fans, I think, acted semi-appropriately. Maybe they're attacking different points than... You know what's feasible but well, a lot of people don't know what to be angry at exactly when you're left with no information zero transparency and it's just like guys you know there's this giant convenient rug called COVID 19 we're just gonna you know kick Sweet that under up. there and forget about it and uh Sweet you know s- have fun it's it, yeah. it feels it's, grimy and gross and so it's yeah, no exactly it's grimy it's gross at the end it's of the gross. day no matter what don't even like if they it. come out and they're like we did everything that we could Here's everything that we did. Blah 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 blah. Still grimy and gross. I th- yeah. I think that that's infinitely better though. If they're like, look, this is this is like the, the business model. Hey, COVID doesn't have like a ton of confidence or give a lot of confidence in the Overwatch League model. This is what we're forced to do. Blah 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 blah. I think that goes over much better. I think again, a very mature discussion in the world that we live in these days. And I think you you at least hem hemorrhage less than just going, hey, look gotta go and then leave and then nothing and then Sorry, having a, a bunch of I've tweets got a sick cat oh, yeah. he was just in here about to uh-oh oh <laughs> yeah yeah just I, I i think it speaks to the situation when all the players are like well guess i don't have jobs it it, it speaks to that like surprise it sucks but it, i i think maybe getting out in front of that and being like look it was last minute. We're really sorry. This is why we had to do it. Now we're leaving. Bye. I think that yeah. goes over better. I'm just a fan of being calculated and factual and one's anger and not, sure. you know, throwing the baby out. Again, the ra- raging at your favorite player leaving, I think is you're attacking the wrong person, right? Like the business is, is struggling. That, that goes without saying. COVID's been quite detrimental to the Overwatch League in general. So, Business for business's sake, you can't necessarily be mad at that. It sucks, but you could also spin it like Yiska's kind of dancing around as like, hey, these players that may be your favorite aren't getting an opportunity anymore, but there's obviously going to be new players entering the league and they get an opportunity and new coaches coming in, they get an opportunity, right? Like there's there's a definitely a, a maybe part to that. Um, but I, again, I think it's a lot of neighboring you, topics that are really the issue. Here's the thing where I kind of think that the anger is useful in the sense that every overreaction makes increasingly sure that stuff like that won't happen again in in the same ballpark because now people realize that it's a sore spot for a community and you don't want to do that again Uh, dude like the thing is okay let me give you a practical example right okay when Esports journalism started out and people were like saying like sources say type of stuff. And that was 
probably yeah. like 2010, 11, 12, Slasher and uh, yeah. Richard Lewis were around short, like later on, uh, Jacob Wolf came into the game and then they missed, right? Okay. Everyone was on them. Yeah. Very hard. Harder than they probably deserved. But sure. yeah. that raised their standards. Agreed. Where the the pain of getting a reward uh, report wrong should feel like because of you, your child is going uh, hungry to bed tonight, or worse. Yeah, I, I get the feeling. But I, by by going like, ah, oh, you know, it's inevitable that you get some wrong. It is, but that's not the well, type of this, incentive structure you want to set. This here's the thing, though, and I and I do. And, I get there's a slippery slope here and and we deal with this. I think that there's a lot of parallels that we could draw that I'm definitely not going to draw at the moment, but I think that there's parallels that we could draw uh, about, you know, uh, drawing too quickly, you know, and, and, and drawing, going to conclusions too quickly, circulating a story that ended up being incorrect. And even after you, you know, re you know, issue an apology and a retraction there's damage that's been done and, and that definitely exists but there also needs to be the aspect of um you know we're calling on right now we're calling on like you know whoever whoever was in charge of this move should come out public or this move should come out publicly explain what happens and, and honestly issue some sort of apology if they come out and we're wrong we should do the same exactly and we have to be okay with doing the same. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think there is a, a, a humbleness to that. But I guess I'm too cynical. Again, I think that the comparison between an org's response to pushback and a journalist's response to, to getting it wrong, I feel like it's like apples to cottage cheese, if, if I'm going to be kind of playful with it. Um, especially in this situation, because all of the people that would have in in your like metaphor would have learned that this is a sore spot are are now gone so like i'm i'm very cynical that orgs really listen to the, the these these problems or these grievances that communities have with them most of the time and will continue to do it just a little more underhandedly and more under the rug I, I don't know i don't know like i think overall like this is not not like this thing where we suddenly become aware of all the awful treatments how orgs treat their players. In general, mm-hmm. possibly also because uh, public pressure is very easily applied, players are actually treated pretty fairly. In 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 overall, yes, yeah, like there's it's definitely also part of the story where that isn't true, mm-hmm. but by and large, generally speaking. That is not like, let's say, mm, in other situations, in other orcs, there were situations where a player was let go or a, a staff member and they were allowed to use the facilities or the, the apartments they were in until sure. they found a new place. Or they were paid severances beyond what was contractually agreed upon. Sure. Has any and, player or coach or member of the organization with the Valiant come forward and said any of those things to be true? No, I think he's making No, no, I'm, I'm talking about d- different uh, organizations. Yeah. And I'm not talking about the Valiant, very okay. clearly. I was going to say... I, I'm, I'm yeah, yeah, sa- no, no. saying, okay. like, 
I have a feeling that because we are like unrelenting in protecting our players when these things come out, that orcs usually know better than to do this. And the general treatment of players is not as bad. So, sure. in like again, in 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 that way, I ex like I I like the the rage that everyone has. Also, like once again, like I can only highlight that part because I'm ahead of the emotional curve and have grieved through this and have punched holes in walls and uh, like monitors because of it. Mm -hmm. Like probably a week or two, and a week in advance. Um, it is possibly that I'm at a different point. You're a little more numb to it. Maybe I also like getting things right the first time and not over speculating, but looking at the nitty gritties and say, "This is wrong. This is right. This is wrong. This is right." Sure. But maybe my attitude is also not effective. Because it's like my dissection of what is wrong and what is right, it's not communicating a mode of thinking to or owners of like, you don't touch that with a 10 foot pole. If you ever do that, we're going to chew you out for it. It's also possible. So, yeah, it's, it's a really um, complex situation. But once again, definitely not absolving uh, Valiant of unethical stuff that might have uh, happened. Um, I also think the the late release is really damaging to the majority of that roster. Um, well, it's not even it, it, it's 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 double sided in that way too, where it's just like you screw your players. Um, at least your coaches have somewhere to go, which is great, and I think that's fantastic. And I'm sure, and I, I know for a fact that Packington and Gunberg are going to do great things in Valorant, hundred percent, without a doubt. I'd be willing to put money on that today. And again, lo and behold, look at the results recently. Um, so yeah. not only is their roster gone, uh, those players are going to have a hard time finding homes. The you're, you're selling so late again, not selling, but you know, the, the move was done so late in the season that you're probably going to have a hard time getting it. So again, like there, the nefarious angle feels really kind of too stupid yeah. to make sense. So it, it really does feel like just stupid business. There's also the, why I, I like to have nuanced, views on this is also if we ever get more full information sure. that we know who the problem was and who were the uh, attempting to uh, find solutions mm -hmm. and that we don't say valiant member thus asshole sure yeah, yeah. you don't want to again like you said you don't want to throw out the baby with the bathwater. you want to kind of find the problem child and and you know, deal yep. with them appropriately or, or apply pressure appropriately. Hundred percent. Yeah. Um. But again, I I really don't. I, I, again, I'm I'm definitely not on the pulse of the community, so maybe I'm, you know, the ignorant one here. But I feel like it isn't about the move in particular. It's just messaging. Yeah. No messaging. I can't. I can't defend. Uh, yeah. Other than saying, like, maybe some of the stuff had to be done for legal reasons. Uh, there's also probably people just being insecure about their performance and uh, protecting themselves. Definitely a bunch of un uh, deleted tweets in there, that fiasco. Yep. Um, and yeah, no, like certainly it's much more likely that they are, that inexcusable shit has happened 
during that ordeal. I'm just... I will also readily tell you that part of the reason why I'm saying this is because mm -hmm. I think we could have gotten more out of that story had we not moved this quickly. And I'm salty about that. 100%. I mean, yeah. I mean, you're not going to get a, uh, a fan of that from me, right? Like, you're... Or I guess I'd be the opposite. I, I definitely would be a fan of what you're saying. Measured. A little bit more uh, careful reporting, yeah. let's say. Or, yeah. or actual just reporting. But it, 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 like 2021 still feels, feel, doesn't feel like the year of it. It's either double speed in this direction or dash double speed backwards. And that's... 100%. Yeah. It's, it's really hard. Everything's to, fast right now, baby. It's all ADHD. If, you, if I lose, you know... If you don't grip me in 10 seconds, then I'm clicking out, baby. That's all I think I we also say. all kind of just want to feel something. In I feel enough, thanks. I'm good with the feels, but I don't know about you, but uh, I could use with some less feeling. I could feel a whole lot less. I mean, but it's, you know, like how you're in at home and you just also really want an enemy. No. And like, but maybe, a virus maybe I'm isn't the weird a great one. enemy. No, yeah, it's just invisible, and it's just like, yeah, yeah. There's nothing to root against, right? Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, maybe I'm way overanalyzing this. Of course, like, <laughs> um, yeah. No, like, I appreciate that's this definitely time. also like Captain Over Overthink is also definitely my. Uh, <laughs> so, okay, so two two things. Um, again, to your point of like, well, if like the community pushes back hard enough, then then people learn. I think our next topic definitely does not support that that kind of theory, at least, or or maybe I'm misunderstanding it. Um, but we'll get to that. Um, and it also, from a league perspective, like if you're in the front office, if you two are in the front office, and and this valiant stuff takes place, is that something you're happy about? Forget the league office. If I'm one of the owners, I'm. I'm maybe a little bit peeved about this sure. as I am over Titans screwing up and removing a major uh, like drawing point from that. Also got to be real. I feel like if you had more proper leadership in season one, then someone could have contained XQC and then we would have someone that has three, three times the viewership that we do as a leak. <laughs> right? Like all yep. these things in hindsight, it's just like, and it's not a league like it's I can't look to the league and go, you guys need to hire better general manager because it's not their fault. Right. Like, but like from a league perspective, it's just like, man. Yeah, we, we toss we toss we some coins, people out. Dude. Like, we toss some coins and it's like it, it could be. I mean, it, I understand like this is really like we're kind of making up as we like, building the plane as we're flying it. Oh, okay. Hold on. I just need to. I need to wrap my mind around something before we keep going. Do mm -hmm. you believe that XQC would still be in the league if the league was less punishing? And you think that XQC would actually still be playing Overwatch? No. Uh, I, no, it's not about the league. It's about had someone in with poss possibly better leadership qualities and better. Uh, grip controlled that situation. I think that could have not like because keep in mind, 
it's not that XQC was the only one just like speaking his mind. And it's, it's definitely possible that he would have just like had those acting out moments anyway. But mm -hmm. um, the it would have also More been possible, possible that I he's think, I think it was maybe probably maybe a, yeah. maybe a little less entertaining. But someone reels him in and says, "Look, if you want to be a professional player, one of the best players in the world, you got to tone it down a little bit, dude." And also get get these like biggest ideas out of your head and we can play ball and then maybe we don't have an, a personality that's as exciting apparently as uh, XCC seems to be judging sure. by the viewership numbers he is pulling at the moment I don't think there's a single world <sighs> in which we see XQC beyond halfway through season 2 I don't, no I don't matter think... what I think oh. you wouldn't because the you can't give him a financial incentive to stay to stop streaming yeah 100 yeah. percent. i, I, I don't think i don't maybe, i also don't think that it, it yeah it's it's yeah it's not in his best interests and it's not probably in his personal long-term interests you you want to hear a controversial statement okay 80 percent of the people in cdl are like xqc and it somehow I, works it it depends on the product that you're trying to create i guess like if it's also different games, different audiences, yeah, I mean, which call for different uh, products. It's you know, talk to me in in twelve years after Overwatch League has you know over fifteen years of professional true. play and you know building up that kind of entire scene. And then I think yeah, within that scene, you have those personalities, and you've had it for long enough that enough of those people come out. Now we're we're talking about XQC type personalities, but we're not talking about XQC type. It's almost like personalities with a pers with a lowercase yeah. p versus Italicized. uppercase p. It's like yeah. I like I think of it more as McGravy <laughs> to, to kind of almost stand as stand sure. topic here. Uh, CDL I think has a lot of McGravies uh, and no XQC. Overwatch League has one less McGravy, um, and I would argue that we have no XQCs, and I don't even know if we if we have a McGravy anymore. Yeah. Oh, I mean, but like, I think I think, I, get, I think we could. I think what we I get what you're saying is in the sense that you have very marketable, very outspoken, yes. um, and very I think uh, influential uh, to the scene and how people perceive them, not just in the tournaments, but in in off content as well, and streams, and just what the esport is. Mm -hmm. And I don't know that there's very many singular players that you you know, put next to Overwatch League and go, oh yeah. Because they person. all leave. And I think They're that that was the, the messaging of his point to your, to, your, to your credit, is that like all of our XQCs, all of our Sinatras, everybody that we kind of like push towards the face of the game just end up leaving. Why is that? Is it because the but business I don't is think bad? Like because the game's bad? I don't know. XQC yeah, I don't think XQC was like the hill Was ever to going to be a long-term... Nah. 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 nah no, no, no. Probably not. But probably not. Same with like DeFran again. I think he's just like here to have a good time. And they're the second DeFran is a different case like, because yeah, it's just they're entertainers again, who are good enough to room. play pro sure. versus pros who are good enough to entertain. Um, right. Like I, I look at Jake as like the flip side of that. He's a pro who's good enough to entertain. Uh, a vast um, is, a, I think, another example of somebody who's good enough to play pro. 
um, but also is good enough to entertain. And we have some <clears> of those people, but we don't. I can honestly, I think I can honestly say I, I can't think off the top of my head right now in this moment, there is a single person who is an entertainer who is good enough to go pro. Yeah, like Super is one you probably have to throw in. But Super, uh, yeah, you know what? Yeah. Like, if I was going to put somebody there, probably Super. Um, I'll be honest, I don't know what some of like the Chinese and Korean players are doing, and they might have True. some, you know, <laughs> yep. on their own yep. proprietary platforms and stuff. Yep. Uh, but overall, like, yeah, and that's that's a huge part. We can't forget that we are kind of missing out on the stories of probably sixty percent of the league, right? Mm-hmm. Like. That's also unfortunately the case. Would you? I have a question for you then. If the quality of player went down about twenty five percent, but it means that we got every team had multiple Jakes and McGravies and whatever else, would you be okay with that? And to to like the other point, do you think CDL by having your these mini XQCs? Do you think that we get the most competitive Call of Duty? Nah. I'm pretty sure some of the brands that people have created have propped them up to be almost... Like, they, you can't just banish them from the league. Like, if they want to play competitive... They can. Then their draw is just so big that you probably have to keep them in. But I also don't know about the city, uh, to, enough about the CDL. It also feels like some of the most entertaining personalities in that league are unfor- are fortunately some of the best and they win rings. So mm-hmm. um, in that regard, like, um, I think, yeah, I don't know. Like, it's also, I, you said, would you accept that? I personally wouldn't accept that, but... I think the question that, or the question I thought you were asking is, would it be better for business? Oh. And yes, I, I think know, so. Right? Yeah. So like twenty five percent skill level that nobody, but like ten percent of the people, yeah, nobody's gonna notice. Chopped off, and then more entertaining person. Yeah, that's. But the thing is also, and that's a um, dogman had uh, Monty on. Mm-hmm. And Monty so made a that. good point about the XQC situation, which is by coming down as hard as the Overwatch League did, and possibly had to, based on what he did, uh, sure, that it's sort of signals to other pro players that nothing goes. And we once again just to the point of yeah. like overreaction, sty- uh, like shuts down any sort of shenanigans. Unfortunately, you know that little bit of. <sighs> I don't want to call it toxicity because it feels like it it's, has a wrong connotation. But you know, like that cheeky little shit Banter. type yeah. of um, personality. Mm-hmm. That is also kept quiet because I will also tell you there are definitely people in contenders in very good teams that are not getting Overwatch League uh, I mean, because of how they market themselves. That want to let that out but immediately are pushed back from the community and even from you know i would imagine staff um again there's a line and you should not cross that line but you know some harmful little banter and flame with people and team not teammates but you know opposing teams i, I think that's good for 
most things. It gets people a little I riled think, up, galvanizes I think, them. I think we're at a point where we have we almost have a spectrum of um, competitive esports to oh, yeah, entertainment yeah. esports, mm-hmm. and, and it's not that you're one or the other. But I think Overwatch League is trying too hard to be a competitive esport that they don't let themselves be an entertaining esport. And when those issues, and I think, um, you know, especially with like the XQC drama, I think even on this show, I, I was very, um, I think hard on XQC and I felt like he should be fine at the same time. I'm like, What's a what's a two hundred well you know what's a two thousand dollar fine or five thousand dollar fine like what yeah. is that what is two games to XQC a couple extra streams um the um I just don't I don't know it's tough and, and when you get like if you ever get with an argument with somebody who's a purist against uh personalities like XQC. It's really, I think it's really difficult to win. Um, oh, yeah, because I mean, because it always comes down to like, oh, so you're willing to like demean. Yes, and it's a moral high ground for entertainment. Yeah. And you, it, that, that, and I think in XQC's case, like, I think a lot of that is honestly valid. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I do think that there are, you know, tamer versions of that, that as soon as XQC is eliminated out of the equation, they become the new, like, head to go on the chopping block, you know, and it just kind of keeps going down. It keeps going down yeah. until you have nothing but like uh, headless players, blended rice and I don't uh. know, oat milk. Yeah. It's like, well, what am I supposed to do with this anymore? Um, yeah. and it's, it's tough because I'm like, I, I'm, I'm in no way saying like, I want people to feel disenfranchised or uncomfortable just so that overwatch league has higher viewership and is more profitable because I think that's on the other level, like in, Oh yeah, that's gross. Um, but I do that's TMZ like, but there is like the, you know what, if, if somebody, you know, on Twitter, you know, tweets another person be like, Hey, we're going to, you know, we're going to team up and eat your lunch. Let them have it. Let them go at it. Let them make fun of them a little bit. Let them do, yep. you know, those things, whatever. Like, have at and like, let's do it. I don't know. You want to hear something funny? Yeah. Nine minutes ago, Activision Blizzard reported 2020 revenues of $8.09 billion, uh, 25% year over year. Net income was $2.2 billion, 46% year over year. Oof. So... At least the games aren't going in the bad right direction, I suppose. Well, sure. The games might be okay. The company might be okay. But is our neck of the woods doing that great, do you think? I, mean, I, I learned over the last couple of weeks that that is all that matters anymore. Really? To forces of power. Uh, that bo- economic po- bottom line uh, is served, right? But... Um, like... Seems yeah, short-sighted, but what do I know? It's interesting, definitely. That's uh, are there any Overwatch numbers in here? Sadly, no. Come on, so. no chance. Interestingly, no. I would say. Yeah. <laughs> nope. Yeah, I, I, I think, I think they're messaging through the punishment, um, and and the heavy hand they took in season one definitely set a tone. 
and uh we we, we kind of see the repercussions for that i hope i i think there's ways that they can bounce back through again I hate to drudge on uh, content and whatnot, but I think you can put a voice on, you know, some some harmless, you know, cheeky banter, as as Jessica put it, and uh, kickstart that back up. Have let the players feel like they still have a voice, but definitely draw that very very clear line and say you cannot say certain things, and have fun with it. There's there's perfectly is I think if you give them space to have fun. And give it enough time, I think we can have a healthy ecosystem in that regard. But if we don't, then we won't. I guess it's one of those build it and they will come sort of scenarios. And and we'll have to see. Again, I think taking something like the old watch point and then bringing players on and and again, teasing the, the, the trash talk out of them is cringy as it might be at the start. I think you saw that this year with, or at least rather last year with the, the interviews during the, uh, the pick'em show, you know, get a little bit of something and it's going to start really gross and really dumb and kind of goofy. But I think it progresses once people feel a little bit more comfortable to kind of play a little bit and, and not just be like, yes, we will have a good showing and we'll, we'll please cheer for us. Thank you. You know, let them, let them have fun. They're here to entertain. And and obviously compete. That, that goes without saying. But I think the the players should should be able to entertain to a point. And uh, everybody's in brand of entertainment is a little bit different. Hundred <laughs> percent. Not everything is universally 100%. entertaining, and we have to be willing to accept that. Mm-hmm. Except Agreed. for except for two CP, in which case it is entertaining for no one. Uh, next up, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I, I do, I mean, we don't even have a ton of time anymore, but I do want to talk about this Harsha interview, uh, right. Yiska that you did. Um, and it was just, it wasn't just released, but it was released about two hours ago. Hmm? Uh, if you haven't watched or if you haven't watched it and read it, do so. It's quite good. Uh, you are why. You are everything that's wrong with the world. Um, just kidding. You're not, but you could do better. Uh, do better. There, there, <laughs> there, there's a lot. There's a lot to unpack here, but there's one overarching thing, and I think that this is actually pretty. Um, this is kind of it, it. It feels pretty timely based on the conversation we just had, just blasting immortals yes. based on information mm-hmm. that we didn't totally have at the time. Now, to be fair, I don't think any of us here have ever, um, have ever branded Harsha as, um, disingenuous, unforthcoming, oh. opaque, um, the opposite or, um, selfish. Uh, we're all fallible human beings and you, whatever but as as far as anybody i've ever talked to about harsha it's always been positive and i think publicly wherever it's been appropriate for me i've defended harsha um but there's there's a lot of people who and i think yiska a lot of where it comes to what you were kind of talking about earlier is like i don't want to rush i don't want to get the wrong information out i don't want to form opinions based on incomplete facts um is you know harsha has not had a very easy go of it from, you know, fans um, who have been critical uh, of the teams that he's coached season one, San Francisco shock. 
Um, and then uh, the fall apart of the Titans, the um, Houston Outlaws, even last year. A lot of people sure. look to and they, they see, you know, we've talked about Dream, we've talked about Harsha, we've talked about Baroy, and we all hold them in really high regard as minds of Overwatch and coaches. And there's always the comment of like, if they were so good, well, why did they f- suck last year? And blah, 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 blah. Well, now uh, with Harsha, I think we there's a little bit no, more that we know about <laughs> as to why some of these situations were as unfortunate as they were. Yep. And a lot of people used incomplete information to uh, blame the wrong people. And I will say, of course, once again, we only have the one person side. I think Harsha did a good job at seeing both sides and what he said. Well, of course, like everyone's biased in their view and in the information that they have. So definitely a like uh take take that also with whatever human inaccuracy will apply to everyone mm. um in terms of like the outlaw stuff specifically i can say like tomorrow we're going to release the outlaw stuff of the interview so we're going to talk about what limitations there were for instance for season three and what the ideas are behind season four and, and stuff like that but as far as this part of the interview goes it is pretty revealing on some of the behind-the-scenes stuff. And to me, personally, it was satisfying to see some situations where people were wronged. Kind of, you know, like having a little bit of the full picture like added towards the entire situation. That is true for the Titan situation, for the bumper situation, mm-hmm. for Harsha and the Washington Justice Washington situation. Justice. Um, these these were stories that I followed intensely, looked into, never could really, and once again, um, report upon, but also like, just like because Harsha said this, of course, we don't have the entire picture and there might be just as many uh, real world limitations behind the people that were seemingly coming out on the wrong side of this story here. And we don't know what their higher ups are telling them and whatnot, but... Um, the end of the day, the things that remain for me, I think the one that shocked me the most was that, like he said, 70% of the reason why he left the Titans, despite having a better offer, is because he knew the team was going to fall apart. And that shocked me. Because maybe whatever happened was always going to happen to some degree. I'm, I don't know. Which is incredibly surprising because anybody who will admit to watching Runaway and being big Runaway fans is they are a family. They get along. They're a K-pop group and they'll always be together. Um, which wasn't always the case. Uh, or which obviously wasn't the case. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I think. I think Yiska for, forgive me if I'm misquoting this or, or misattributing this to Harsha, or maybe you, you wrote this in the TLDR, but I think you put it very well, or somebody put it very well, that uh, families fight. Yeah. Uh, I think it was very clear that these these group of people enjoyed each other immensely. Still I don't do. think you still do, right? Um, but sometimes you fight, and when families fight, it gets pretty messy, right? Um, 
and and sometimes it's irreconcilable and sometimes you can you can come back at a later date and you know still have a have a bond of some sort um so i don't think it's completely wrong but i think there's an underpinning that people just don't want to admit where it's like yeah sometimes you fight with the people you're close with and sometimes it sucks and sometimes it it changes the the your jobs and it changes your life um but that's that's kind of life right it, it kind of reflects itself in this story um mm-hmm. at, at least from my experience um and i thought that was that was particularly poignant kind of beautiful so yeah i yeah. don't i don't think the family thing was too wrong i think it was just more real than people expected it yeah it was also interesting to see was the maybe the unpreparedness of the titans towards the challenge of having a team like this um i mean we kind of sure. knew that there was something like i mean after the whole uh some, sports training facility scenario yeah I, that that, was I mean that is sheer sheer unbelievable <laughs> in the context of esports um and sports like as if anyone yeah. s- like worked from this underground bunker s- i don't want to sell cells because i i, I wouldn't over dramatize but yeah um like we saw some pictures of, of that in the in the past right so yeah. it wasn't pretty and for a long extended period of time during a global pandemic was bound to be problematic especially if you downgrade from a mansion in the hollywood hills that was so large that you needed three wi-fi lines to serve wi-fi across the entire house which is bizarre to me like i can't fathom something that big personally but that's just they me. do have a um a house tour I think. I mean, um, yeah, I've seen the house tour, but that I, I, that does not do it justice apparently because I'm like, oh, nice house. It is. I don't. Nuts. I don't immediately oh, go hmm, three three landlines or three yeah. Wi-Fi lines, right? Like that doesn't that yeah, doesn't was, uh, translate. It was like every it, almost every other house you get in comparison would have been a downgrade. I think sure to downgrade as hard while keeping the majority of the players around. Therefore, like. Once again, we're we're like monkeys on the treadmill. Like, if if I eat caviar or like you know like truffles every day, mm-hmm. then maybe okay. I'm just going to use your metaphor because uh, Kobe ste- steak won't be as good because it's like a little cheaper uh, if sure. I get su- it served next day. On the other hand, if I'm ra- eating ramen noodles, then frozen pizza ramen. Egg. Or frozen pizza and eggs, then a proper restaurant food, any, will probably make me happy. Probably do. Now, yeah. The di- downgrade of uh, quality of life there is also something that should be taken into account, I think. But mm-hmm. um, the idea that the Titans organization wasn't prepared to support a team that was top of the league was telling. Um, the. the Bef- I, before uh, before dude, we get, get off that, continue. Give, say your piece, and then I want to kind Re- of branch out talk. Not giving a guy his salary for four or four and a half months. Yeah. Come on, living in the Hollywood Hills while well, you're probably paying like mid five figures rent a month to keep that thing afloat, while your dude eats frozen pizzas, eggs, and milk to sustain himself. Overrun your team. A 112 hour work week is inexcusable. And, and I don't know work. who needs to hear this. Yep. Whoever is in charge and the bottleneck there 
needs to get their stuff together. That is inexcusable. That's exactly what I was referencing <laughs> when you made the point that like if you push back hard enough, these orgs are going to learn. This is a prime example of that not happening. I don't know how many times in esports it's like pay your people, pay them on time, make sure they get paid, please. Countless times in the last 10 years that I've been at least, you know, following esports, that has been a constant trend. And the it, it just doesn't stop. It doesn't quit. It continues to happen. And that's where I go. I'm cynical. The more new people we get in, the more like unprepared people. And I don't know who to wag my finger at. Is that, you know, looking at the league staff and going, what kind of messaging are you giving to these these owners that they're woefully underprepared? I don't know. Like it, it's somebody's at fault here and it's tough to figure out who it is. But I, I'm overly cynical when it comes to like organizations learning and, and becoming like better at this. I feel like they just look at this and it's kind of messaged the same way as well, where it's just like, yeah, it's something in my portfolio. I don't really care. Some of them do. Some of them, without a doubt, I think they're very obvious. Um, the ones that do care, and then the they're they're very they're. I feels like the majority don't really care that much. And you see these same problems crop up again and again and again. People not being paid on time. People not being paid adequate wages. Um, it, it it seems to be a recurring thing. And that's that's where my cynicism kind of comes from. Yeah. Um, what did you also, say before that? Damn it. I'm I'm really glad that someone finally went on record and said, by the way, I went work one hundred ten hours a week. I mean over yeah. several weeks in a row. Yeah, but that's video games. It's coaching video games. Try <laughs> doing real work. Hundred ten, dude. Try like, doing that's real 16. work for a living. Oh, Cap. Dude. Oh. Like that's it's not people. sustainable like then yeah i don't know like we got to take care of people better like you can't be functional like that he worked three jobs while p being paid for zero for four months maybe like, i i think that was where i wanted to head next is like i think this again furthers the idea that coaching I can only necessarily speak on this in terms of Overwatch esports, but it really doesn't do justice exactly what you're supposed to do or general managing. I think like the support staff titles do not adequately yeah. encapsulate yeah. everything. I think when people hear coach, you go, oh, you're like the playbook. You're like the X's and O guy. It's like, well, yeah. And I'm also like their surrogate parent. Um, I'm the scout. I'm the house owner. Uh, I pay the bills. Uh, I manage everything. Uh, I have to review exist. everything. I am, yeah, I'm in the litigation process of visas and whatnot. It's, it's like there's so many different titles that it's just like, oh, there's not people for that. It's like, no, yeah. So like, coach doesn't do it justice, and I and I again, I think that the harsher story furthers that along, and I think should give him a whole lot more social respect than what he deserves. I think people look at the results that his teams have gotten and doesn't. It doesn't do justice to how he's operated behind the scenes. I think Some most people... people blame season two Titans on the coaching staff. Like the fact that they that that was the, the yeah. season two Titans coaching staff is what caused the mm -hmm. collapse in season three. Yeah, I think they're and I will say in, in Hasha's credit, he did point out that he recognized they made mistakes, for instance, in the handling of the team between 
in stage one and stage two because they were so dominant. They felt like they could le let them off the leash. They were I think like he a... he showed himself pretty apologetic or not apologetic, but rather held himself accountable. Uh, accountable and responsible that maybe they could have done something to keep Bumper a little bit happier without knowing if that would have done anything, but yeah, could well, have, I mean, uh, but that's all we're asking for, right? Like we're not asking, like we're, I, there's nobody saying that a coach should be perfect. Um, yeah, there's nobody sure. saying that somebody like should, should be perfect in their role. Uh, but I can <laughs> say this. We've, I can't think of a single time we've brought somebody onto the show and asked them about a situation like this where we haven't gotten a well-reasoned response, even if it was the wrong one. It's like, here was my thinking at the time. Yes. Here's what we were hoping for. And we were wrong. And I say this all the time, by the way. Like, if you actually sit down to, and talk with professionals in Overwatch, they're all ridiculously intelligent. Yeah. And annoying. Like, if you really... think you know more than they do, you're wrong. Unless Just period. Yeah. Fair. Like, I everyone think. that's on the ground floor... Like we're really filtering out the the guys that are just there for the paycheck or not doing much. Mm -hmm. We're we have all like Is that, are you foreshadowing? Talking to talking to the general man managers and the um the coaches and even the players to an extent, like all of them are like wicked smart. And yeah. which I don't want to get on this horse but we're gonna get on it very briefly right him would cowboy be much more apparent if organizations empowered and created content around allowing people True. to see that aspect of them they were allowed to come on more podcasts so that they True. could be more off they could be more open and honest about it and we didn't have to learn about this two years after somebody was in a role and 30 yeah. percent of the fan base has already moved on to something different Okay, here's here's an actual plant for any org that may or may not be listening. Screw your TSM Legends style little mini doc series that you're doing. Stick a camera in the scrims for a stage. Compile that footage, eliminate anything that's damning, post at the end of the stage, reap the benefits. I mean, they nobody nobody wants an eighty percent gameplay style footage. Everybody's seen the game. We don't want to see it again. There's enough highlights. Please give me genuine and I think new information, tried, though, right? Like uh, no, Outlaws had something like this in season one. I think. I think well, Valiant definitely had something like this in season one, and look yeah. where that got them. Um, I think mm -hmm. the Valiant, in, or rather the Houston Outlaws in Season 3 had something close to it, but there again, there's a lot of just filler like, and then we were in the game, and then it's just like four minutes of like straight highlights, and it's just like, bro, I don't care. I I've have said game. this before, and I'll say it again. I think the best piece of easy, low-barrier content that Overwatch League can make was bring somebody in. I don't care who it is. I want it to be me, but it could be Sideshow. It could be Karen. <laughs> Put them in a room with yeah. two microphones after maybe three. Uh, after a match finishes up, 
bring a coach and a player or two players or any combination, bring them in right afterward, hit record, have a conversation about that match. Mm -hmm. 10 to 15 minutes. I think you have to make that contractually obligated though. You would. I I mean, well, to to be fair, I feel like a lot of coaches and players would do that if you had the right people, because (sighs) look at what sideshow did. He did this. He basically Uh did this with, with all of his interviews at the beginning of season three. I think he was doing, uh, I, yeah, maybe it is the right person. I don't know. I, 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 it's a constant thing and it's not just an overwatch thing. I think it's just a general esports thing that like immediately after games, if you lose, you're not getting an interview like nine times out of 10, it ain't happening. It's and time, I don't know. Maybe that is that's, a specific that's thing. That's where esports then have, needs to, to grow that, and mature. Yes. Um, because we have that everywhere else. It's almost an expectation. People want to know. Yep. Yep. Uh, the, the biggest issue that you're going to have with that type of content that I'm proposing is you need the right person to ask the right questions so it doesn't become monotonous. And we had this with the post. We, we already did post game interviews on the stage and nothing against the people who have done those things, but it's the same thing. What was going through your mind at this moment? Well, you were down or you were up at this place at the halftime. How did you turn it around? Or, uh, what, what did the other team change that caused you guys to fall behind? Like we've heard these questions a million bajillion times. Yeah. And so like, uh, as much as I want it to be me, like I would love for somebody more like Yiska to actually do it. Um, because they are creative enough to like always have very interesting and insightful questions where if I like, no joke, if I were ever chosen for it, I would make Yiska write all the questions and I would just ask them. <laughs> um, is is basically how it, how it would work, and I would I would split it with them. Um, but we there there has to be something there. Mm-hmm. There has to be that level of content there, and I'm so sick of harping on it. But Overwatch League teams, your content sucks. True. Be bold, and 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 the old I I again I'll celebrate it to the end of the earth. I I think Florida is doing a good job. I think they're they're probably the only team that's actually like trying to do something new. Trying to do something different. I think it could be a lot better. I think it could continue to be more different. I'd I'd continue to be a little bit more bold, but I think they're doing a good job and they should be applauded for it. Oh, and, and then you have teams like God. Uh, to to Fire's point, they shouldn't be paywalling it that content. No. Uh not for special pass holders, not for anything like that. Knock that no. off. Like that's yeah. Universally accessible. That yeah. should be universally accessible content. I think if if you want to do any kind of extracurricular like interview, um, maybe you could talk about that. But anything like pre post game, I think that just needs to be part of the the show rollout. Um, easily accessible. But if you want like extracurricular interviews with the, the coach, maybe a look inside. You know, uh, I don't know. I, I think there are things that you could put behind a paywall, but I wouldn't touch like. I think there is, but I think that you have show. to have the content in the paywall yeah. or outside of the paywall. So, you yes, know, like agreed, you have to have that there and have people consuming it and enjoying it before you try to put the best of it behind the paywall. Yep. Because right now people don't even want the content you're putting out. Now you want to try and charge for it. Yeah, that's that's damning. That is a death sentence. 
I think there there's a lot of things that teams could do to specifically target YouTube, and I think we'll definitely be seeing that. But I think there's a lot. And we have of clips like, now on YouTube too. Yeah, we do. It goes a lot. It goes a lot. One hundred percent. I I don't think it's like this. From my understanding, it's not really the same functionality. Like you have to wait until after. I think I haven't done that much into it, but I'm assuming that they're going to have. I, I think I saw like a headline and I'm okay. Yeah. But again, it's a headline. So we'll go back, we'll go back and research that for you. Yeah. <laughs> so oh, wise it's, listener. I'm, I I'm, I'm cynical for right now, but I, I hope that more people get pushed into positions so that teams can be a little bit more daring with their content because if this thing is going to survive, I think we need to be. I think we need to be a little bit more. Teams need to differentiate themselves, and the league itself needs to also do a better job as well. I don't think it can just be, you know, your standard YouTube, you know, successful, you know, hey, top 10 plays of the week. Hey, highlights. Hey, you know, the best guide ever. You know, top ten clips, most undervalued. You know, uh, what is it like the uh, the rare Twitch meme? You know, compilations. Like, yeah, it does well algorithmically, but like, is that what you want to be known for? Is is that what you want your league to be? Just clips on guides on everything that's made esports for the last ten years, or do you want to be a little bit more uh, forward thinking? Do you want to have? I I don't know why my brain's just stuck on documentaries. I just want to like see more like long form overwatch content but that's just me it needs to be it needs to be all of it like honestly we need highlights we need top 10 videos oh for sure we need interviews we need documentaries and you need somebody leading a content team who can manage all of those uh workflows simultaneously and i've been mm, can't say that so so let me let me i think the league is doing they're they're stepping in the right direction with some things i think their uh content with sideshow and some of the players reviewing old vods that's very valuable but they've also done that in the past Boston in a higher production value. The tea. it's fine i it's something it's great when yiska's on it sure sure i hear enough of them as it is so fair yeah that's fair but no, I, I, I think definitely more is. I'm not going to scoff in the face of more, but I think I, I challenge it a little bit more. Throw something different into it. It can't just be like a, a normal interview show. There's not. I don't know. Well, there's also there's just not enough. There's just not. We haven't gotten the right people to be able to manage how much content people want and need to consume because we've definitely had people who. Uh, like Overwatch League sucks at this. They blow their load on awesome content in the first two weeks, and then we get that same content for the next. Six oh yeah, months, it's big and then they cut it out. They just like get it out, and it's all reused, yeah. and you're sick of it. Uh, we've had teams on the other side of the things who put absolutely minimum effort in. You have to have somebody yeah. who actually goes. What does our short form content social strategy look like? What sure. does our medium form content? social strategy looks like look like and what is that what platforms do those go on what is our long form content strategy look like how often are we posting on these things how many people do we need are we contracting these out or does it make more sense to do it in-house and i now that i know how much these things cost there are overwatch 
um, league teams who I am confident pay one or two person's salary. So we'll say about a hundred thousand dollars. Sure. And then about $20,000 in equipment. And then that is the budget. Which $120,000 to prop up a $20 million franchise is just not enough. It's people who are ignorant of the cost of what it takes to make that, uh, to really ingrain that strategy. Um, so, Hey, Overwatch league teams, you want to do it right. Call me. We can make it. There you go. I know, I know (laughs) the contractors. I know when you to contract, I know when to hire. It's not, it's it's not as hard as they're making it look. It really isn't. Anyways, I'm sorry. Yiska, you've been quiet. Yeah. I'm kind of having, you know, the bedtime. (laughs) Is is it bedtime? Is it about that time? I I mean, I'm old. You are old. It might be that time. I think it's that time anyway. This is kind of a ranting. I hate when I'm gone for a week or two because then I feel like uh, so much of this is just like catch up and like shooting the the (sighs) But that's my favorite episodes. Some people. just get to shoot the the ish, you know? Some people. Some people hate it. Uh, Well, some people can stick it. There's lots of great podcasts that you can watch instead. And there's timestamps in the video. Uh, True. Anyways, big thanks to everybody who hung out today. I uh, hope you enjoyed it, even if uh, we are being, um, you know, just us. Thanks for loving us for us. Uh, big thank you to our brand new Super Croucher, Fire Element. Welcome back. Um, and thanks again for supporting the show. Uh, big thanks to our patron producers, Refine Bean, Fredino Pin, Battlecrab Lotion, Reg Zane, Audio Compass, Kasha67, Shara Picasso, Nathan, Your Misery, Hunter Tain, Fabled Steven, Roger B. Owen, Chris R34444, Poor Bjorn, I listen to this podcast whilst on the toilet and in the shower thinking of Yiska, Peace Camper, Anxiety Pokemon, Sir Girthalot, Bronzebot, Boohow, Evan, and Alex S. Thank you all for supporting the show. Uh, if you like the show, uh, there's a few ways to support it. We do stream live on YouTube every Wednesday. That today's Thursday, but normally every Wednesday at noon Pacific at youtube.com slash tactical crouch. We also tweet out the link ahead of time. And you can also see the schedule on the YouTube page where it's like a scheduled stream for this date at this time. And you can put up a little reminder link and everything like that. So that's pretty nice and handy uh, to support the show. You can become a patron for as little as 99 cents, $1 a month over at patreon.com slash tactical crouch. You get access to a patron only discord. You get access to our patron game nights. Sounds like we're starting a little anime club. Uh, <laughs> lots, True. lots of like little, just fun stuff that you could do with us. Um, you can do it right there at patreon.com. If you want the emotes that you can get for watching the stream live, you can become a member and we have a $2 membership, a $5 membership and a $10 membership uh, per month there as well. So you can definitely sign up here and support here as well. Otherwise a great free way other than just being here, subscribing to the YouTube, following us on Twitter at tactical underscore crouch is uh, to leave a five-star iTunes review. We'll thank you on the next show. 
Uh, it helps us kind of just rise up in the rankings on, you know, for people who are searching for Overwatch and competitive Overwatch and Overwatch League content, uh, they'll find us sooner. Um, other than that, as for me, you can find me everywhere. I actually have been doing some YouTube things, uh, I'm posting some uh, microphone reviews and stuff, more on like the technology type stuff and really proud of them. And people have been really nice about. That looks um, super, super clean. Uh, about them. So thanks. I appreciate it. Um, you can follow that at uh, youtube.com slash kicktripodyt. Otherwise, find me everywhere else at kicktripod. Uh, Joe, shout outs for the week. Where can people find you? Um, What am I doing this week? Oh, I thought up some fun and interesting trade ideas. Um, and that probably will spawn a broader topic on player trades come next week. Um, as I was thinking through it, I kind of like rambled text wise. So expect that soon. Um, not a BlizzCon line primer, but like almost like a wish list is probably what I'm writing today. Um, and outside of that, shout outs. Uh, big shout out to Lex Friedman. Found that podcast quite interesting. Um, definitely give that a, a listen to if you're into anything history, science, just comedy related. Uh, it's a great podcast to listen to just to put on and you know, have background noise. Um, shout out to Dogman killing it in the Overwatch game is, you know, doing a good job. And hmm, what else? Shout out to Water. Yeah, Hydro Homies in the chat. Do that. Drink up. So, your turn. Yes, Ka? Um. So, the Hasha interview was actually only part one, right? So we, we cut off, we went chronologically from Harsha SC journalist to Harsha. I want more um, Harsha journalist. The you GM slash the GM slash um, uh, coach Titans guy. And then, um, then we now logically have to go, how did he land at the Outlaws? And how is are the outlaws going to develop? And while it won't be quite as juicy as this one, I think there's still a bunch of very interesting information, very novel information in there that a, a lot of people will go, huh, really? And especially if you're an outlaws fan, you will probably learn a bunch more about your team, about your head coach, and... Co-head coach. Yeah, I think co-head coach, very true. And yeah, we had we had a good good couple. We, we really re went into detail on the new um, recruits signed. We went, by the way, we also talked about Jake, of course, um, in uh, extensively. So, if you're into the outlaws at all, I think that interview might be as exciting as the one today. Yep, I have a question. Yes, did you ask him about like uh, co-head coaches and like what their roles are specifically? <laughs> Uh, nobody sort of talks about it, and I will also say the I I think Junkbuck is someone that is very knowledgeable about Overwatch, extremely yeah. so. As I perceive Fasha, it's someone that is wise beyond his years, yeah. and is the type of leadership guy. But I will also say, and it, that's also how, to, how I kind of framed the interview, if you want to listen to it. I think it's a much better listen than a read of the Toad Long Don't Watch, I think. Um, 
but I described it his career as liquid in mm -hmm. the sense that he pours into the roles that are required or asked of him in that situation, yeah. but not so to overly bend. He, he has the ability to just like freeze up and say, hold on, this is where it derails. And um, in that regard, that's ex especially why his job descriptions never really truly fits whatever he was doing for the team. Yeah. Definitely not a rigid person and his career trajectory supports that. Mm -hmm. Or sure, it is no surprise that so many people want him around. And it's no surprise that we have been incredibly, well, at least hopefully positive about him and his career on the show. Um, yeah, I don't know what to tell you. Listen to what people have to say and listen to what he has to say and, and take your own opinion and don't just be beholden to performance. Yep. All right, lads, we're out of here. Thanks so much for hanging out for episode 160. We will see you uh, next week, I promise. Love you. Bye.